Diandra moso koyansi andra mosa shakanye. Diandra mosoya si andra mosoko i andra mosa shakanyan. Si andra mosoku andra mohiyan si andra mosa shakanye. God is really showing us the significance of why he created us with the anointing to fulfill the purpose as to how and why he placed it on the inside of us to fulfill. You are experiencing and encountering how significant you really are crafted by God. Me crafted by God. No one is knitted like you. No one is created like you, like me. You are uniquely and wonderfully made because no one can fulfill what God has called you to do, but you and me, but me. Hallelujah. God woke me up this morning, want something in the morning. And sometimes God will wake us up and just want to love on us. Give us a quick vision, a quick right now word. And we go back to our sweet sleep. But there are times when your heart is just full. Because your belly is full. And it has to come out right at that opportune time. The word divine is very, very superficial. You have a divine assignment, a divine anointing upon your life, a divine purpose for your divine destiny because of your divine journey due to your divine relationship with God. You are holy and divine. Pure and divine. Refresh and divine. Renewed and divine. You are replenisher and divining. You are divine. You are crafted. God has placed ideas on the inside of you. Heavenly deposits. Realm upon realm deposits. Your anointing. Takes you up higher and higher. In the kingdom of God. To release that here in the earth. It's a very serious assignment. A divine assignment. Due to your divine connection with God. Your divine hunger. Willingly to will yourself over. I'm willingly willing myself over by being available. Availability is humility. 
available to get up and go whatever God says. Whatever he say, do, that is what takes place. Whatever God say, that is what takes place. Whatever God say, that what needs to take place. Quenisha was a person with a perspective. Every time I preached, I would say, let's not focus on how the Bible came about, but let's more focus on, focus more in on why it came about. It puts the attention back on God and takes it off of man. And here come God with me this morning. Putting attention on him that was placed on man because of man. And God said, Quenisha, Ecclesiastes 6. Message translation, read, read. And it kind of had me feel, you know, like, wow, but still like questioning like God. I thank you. I'm honored. But you vent to me for me to give a word how you really feel. You didn't you didn't have to do that, but you do that. You tell me how you really feel. He don't do it a lot. But when he do do it, it, it takes the place for the times that he don't. <laughs> for God to vent, tell me what's on his heart, what's on his mind concerning anything historically, presently, or in the future. I can count on one hand every time since I've been here when he have vented. I don't mind testifying. The first time God woke me up out of my sleep and he was just pacing back in front of my bed going back and forth very fast. I am the Lord thy God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Have no other gods before me. I am the one who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Have no other gods before me. And I'm waking up like, you know when somebody, you know, venting, you don't want to cut them off because you don't know where to come in at. You know, you want them to get it out. You don't want them to, you know, look at you and, you know. So I'm like, you know, Father, excuse me, please. You know, I believe that, right? Like, in other words, you're not talking about me. That was the first time he done that. I was like, you're not talking about me, are you? He just kept saying it. Kept saying it. Because somewhere in the earth, someone was having idols. He didn't like it. Still don't. Another time, it was during Christmas. He just pulled me out the bed, my spirit, grabbed me by the, the back of my shirt and lift me up over the entire planet. 
And he had me over all the water. You, oh God. This planet is surrounded by a lot of water. <laughs> and I know we see the Pacific, you know, the Atlantic, the Indian, the Arctic, all of that, Mediterranean, all of that. But it's nothing like what God lifts you up over it. And all I'm thinking about is just don't drop me. I'm seeing all these Seattle, just don't drop me, please. <laughs> Lift me all the way up and we set high upon highs and around heaven. And he was like, shh, listen, it was Christmas time. He was like, listen, all I heard was Christmas time again. God, don't I can't stand this time of year. I'm not calling such such. I'm going to get them what they gave me last year. I don't have enough money. I'm broke. I don't know what to do. We got bills to pay. Almost got to buy people things. It was everything other than Christ for those people who God was referring to. Now, it wasn't everybody, but it was a lot of people. And God hears everything at once. On one accord, which happened not to be on one accord, but here all at once. Christmas time again? God darn. I don't have no money. It was I, I, I. Don't, don't, don't. He just looked at me. I'm hearing all these complaints. I didn't know what to say to God. I just looked back at him. Like, you know, I apologize for you having to hear that. But here you go this morning. Ecclesiastes 6, message translation. One red X, two red X, three red X's. One for me, one for my son, one for Holy Spirit. I was like, okay. Okay, God. Because I know that the Bible is just, you know, handed down from different translations. And, you know, the best way it could be translated. But God is exposing to me that some was writing in their flesh. Some was written concerning God in a lot of these books. The New Testament is in order. Even though according to Matthew, Luke, and John, regarding some encounters, they were there together, but their translations are different. But we find ourselves in the Word, right? And I say, God, it matters to you this much? Yes, because what is, is what is. Because I am that I am. Because Kunisha's type of person to be like, you know, let's just make the best of it. And God said, no, you are a representative of me. Therefore, every lie is being exposed. You are receiving every form of my truth. That's who I am. I am truth. These words that you guys call out in the atmosphere, that is who I am. 
I am truth. I am love. I am mercy. I am grace. I can only give you who I am. I am that I am. Every characteristic is not behavior of me. It is me. That's your process to know that it's also you. So do you want the full truth? No matter how historical it is. You're not causing any trouble. Don't you rather have the truth? Yeah. Yes. According to English theology, because at first it was the great Bible. That's the first Bible written in English, 1539, published 1560. The New Testament, 1557. So 1539, it was just the Old Testament. 1557, then the New was added. After the Great Bible is the Geneva. 1557, published in England by William Shakespeare, the Knox, and other people from England. 51 years later after that, here comes King James Version. And according to what's in King James Version, because we don't read the Geneva nor the Great Bible. Many of us in our generation, our mothers and fathers' generation, and their fathers and fathers' generation read King James. So God had me, due to my purpose of being here, to discover what's in the Geneva, what's the translation from Geneva and King James, and go further than that, from the Great Bible. What's the translation from the Great Bible to Geneva to King James? Just like what you're gifted at, God is equipping you, showing you your equipment on the inside of you that is more effective, more sharp, more powerful. It pierces every form. Everything of God, when he speaks, everything created by God has to listen. Whether you tend to be busy or not, we can all be in one big room and God is speaking. Some could be on their phones. Some could be carrying conversations. Some could be thinking about other things. But the spirit man is always alert. No matter what the flesh is doing, neither the soul, our emotions, our spirit man is always at ease. Holy Spirit communes with our spirit, not our soul, neither our flesh. Those who worship God must worship in spirit. He didn't just say in spirit, in spirit and in truth, because there are some lying spirits. 
Demonic forces is a total example of it. And far as English theology biblically, before the Great Bible, in English, it was only written in Greek and Hebrew. The Turok. Never the Turok. It was an ancient biblical scripture and scroll called the Torah. And there goes the Turok. Hallelujah. It's so amazing that according to the great Bible, Geneva in King James, it says that Moses written the first Bible. He was the first one to write the Bible. That's according to an English version. Not Greek, not Aramaic, not Arabic, not Hebrew. Moses. But according to the word of God in the Old Testament, God written the commandments for Moses. Moses didn't write anything. He just released them. And God written them twice because the first two tablets, he dropped them out of anger of the children of God making a golden calf. And God let them back up there again and rewritten them again. And it says, after Moses written the Bible, Joshua was next to write it. And then it says, after Joshua's translation of the Bible, Eliezer, I mean, excuse me, Eliezer wrote it. And Eliezer is the son of Aaron. Aaron died before Moses. Moses took Aaron on top of a mountain and buried them, took his garments and gave them to Eliezer. But according to God's anointing over his children's lives as whoever he have in the fivefold ministry to lead his children after Moses, it wasn't Eliezer. It was Joshua. But it states that Eliezer was after Joshua. And after Eliezer, is no one mentioned for a long period of time. It's so amazing what God is filling me up with. Because Eliezer is the son of Aaron and Hosea is the son of Joshua. So back in those days, in a Jewish tradition, 
as a Jew, your first son is next in, next in, you know, in line, next heir. Is the next heir. So you would have thought, I would have thought that it would be Hosea after Joshua. But it wasn't. It was Eliezer, Aaron's son. So I said, God, why is it that? And why is Hosea's book 28 books down? When he's the son of Joshua. Has the heart of Joshua. Why didn't he receive the assignment that his father had? Next in kin, next in line, he was the next heir. So how come he didn't? That's like God skipping Solomon. No, it has to go from David to Solomon. That's God's covenant. The next man in, you know, kid in air. He's the next heir. You anointed. So God said, let me tell you what happened, Quenisha. What happened? Just like what happens normally when someone goes home. The families go back and forth over property, money, expenses, going back and forth, even over obituary. You didn't add this person's name. You didn't put this in there. You didn't add our picture. Families go back and forth a lot doing ongoing services. Moses' bloodline was going back and forth with Joshua's because they felt that okay Moses disobeyed he could no longer fulfill to take them into the line so Joshua was next if it was in the fire's bloodline you would have thought it would be Miriam because Aaron you know died before Moses next it is Miriam but she's only mentioned to be a woman filled with integrity and wisdom Helping them lead the people. Being there for the people. But her name is not mentioned so much in a sense as to detail by detail what did she do. Because back then, women didn't have that much say so. But still had power. You can see the difference between Miriam's time and Esther's time. Major difference. And even Esther was amazed of her calling that God had on her life. She was afraid she's going to die if she do what God asked her to do. But guess what? It took fasting and praying, stirring yourself up. Miracles come with fasting and praying, I'm trying to tell you. That level of sacrifice is like God, nothing else would do to this flesh that this spirit needs. Nothing but what you have for me to feed me. Nothing can do. I'm not thinking of myself, my emotions, none of me. I want all of you 
Here I am. Hunger can't do for me. Naturally. And we give that sacrifice. Miracles are present. Because what we release unto God, he released back to us in a greater measure. Here is my hunger. Here is my thirst. I'm hungry to be hungry. Now I'm going to feed you. And what I feed you, going to supply your every need. You will be full. You will be satisfied. You will overflow. You made a decision to put away something that you normally do. To receive something you never had. Naturally. So what happened was, when Joshua died, Moses' family, bloodline, felt that Hosea shouldn't be the next again. Because God originally chose Moses. Aaron couldn't do it. Miriam didn't do it. So let's use Hosea. Hosea. I mean, excuse me. Let's use Eliezer. Aaron's son. We're going to keep it in our bloodline. We had no choice when Moses was here. Because Moses listened to God. That's what Moses did. Even though we all make mistakes. But even after God forgiven them for disobeying him, he still was helping them along the way and still listening to the voice of God. And God told Moses, you would not enter in. And here come God talking to Joshua. So you can imagine what that was like. I'm next. Hold on. What do you mean you next? And many of us do that today. When it comes to office and ministry, it has to be what God wants and where he wants them. Some people are way past due in their season for somebody else to be where they currently are, but they would never excel being right where they are because they're not going any further than where they are because they want to be where they are, but not wanting to grow but wanting God to accelerate them, but not willing to give up their way of thinking about how it is to be accelerated. I want to prosper, but I don't want to go through this process to order to see what it takes to receive what I really want. If many of us can be excused from process and just receive the reward, many of us just choose the reward. And walk around without having a godly character. Because there's no spiritual development. And that was Jude's book was about. We are providing opportunities for our faith to be exposed. And it's not to call you out to feel bad. It's for you to recognize that you need to come up higher. Due to spiritual development. Now the trials and tribulations are set up for you to prosper. Not for you to fall. Like Christ said. 
I have not told you to leave your mother, your father, nor anything for me. Because many people will say that they are being demoted because his name's sake. Decrease it because his name's sake. Being punished for his name's sake in a sense of decreasing. But he came that we increase for his name's sake. So don't put my name in a sense or a category of decrease, demotion, failure. I come that you have life and that more abundantly. So don't say that you decreasing for my name's sake. Don't say you going low for my name's sake. You can only exceed and excel because of my name's sake. So if you're going to say anything of me, it got to be in the area of increase. I came that you have. I came that you receive. I came that you become. I didn't come for you to be denied. I came for you to be accepted back. With me, it's increase, not decrease. So don't say you're going through any type of decrease or discomfort because of me. And here goes Jude talking like Paul. I'm a slave unto Christ. I give praise and trial and tribulations because my faith is exposed. I'm not just giving out lip service. So now my real faith lies when a situation occurs or what my response is concerning what comes my way. Do I really believe God or do I'm just saying I do? Do I have my own personal relationship with God or am I going over what somebody tell me to do? He said, when you are confronted with trials and tribulations, don't escape to leave prematurely because you're not going to receive the spiritual development. That's a level of maturity. There goes your reward. Hallelujah. 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 The New Testament is in order, even though according to Matthew, John, and Luke, regarding certain encounters that they all were at together, they still give off different translations, and they were all together. You understand? And God just showed me that some passages that some people have written, they were in their feelings. God was pretty much explaining to me Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 6. It's a message that's similar to how some of us feel about God today. How come, God, you're God, how come? How come this has happened? How come that happening? How come good happened to those who are bad and bad happened to those who are good? How come you don't give nobody a break who's giving you their whole heart? How come? Never mind. I'm just going to take it for what it is. The good and the bad. Whatever. Just live. Without living. Many are very upset with God. And Ecclesiastes 6 is definitely an example. It 
And God filled me up with a hunger due to my anointing, my gifting, why I'm created to be here. To get to the source of everything, because he's the source of everything. So God let me know, if you're representing me, I created you, Quenisha, to represent me. But nothing missing, like no broken. You want all of me, you getting all of me. Concerning past, present, and future. Because history is being made. Has been. Take it up higher. It has been. According to, you know, King James theology, there was a 400 year difference of God's silence. From Malachi to Matthew. And God said it's nothing but. Retaliation. Towards me as a God. Because the Israelites was in Egypt for 400 years. Many of them were angry at me. Crying out. Thinking I forget, forgot them. Many worshiped, many didn't. Many gave up, many didn't. But I still came through for them because I said I would never leave, nor would I ever forsaken any of my children. What was done to them for 400 years was done to me first. Four hundred years. Then I bring them out. And then after Malachi, it stated due to retaliation against me that I left them for another 400 years. Because many were upset that I didn't come through for them when they wanted me to. Does that sound like anything I would do? Leave or forsaken any of you? Not even for four minutes, four seconds. And give me 400 years? That I've been silent towards my children concerning my covenant, my word, and you are my living word. That's not correct theology, no matter who wrote it biblically. I never left no one, and I never will. So many things took place. From Malachi to Matthew. That just wasn't decided to be documented. Because someone was in their emotions. Regarding that 400 years. Of being in Egypt. Trying to do a tick for tack. With me as God. As if I left them. As if I don't care. To add on another 400 years of me being silent? I would never do a thing like that. I said, when you make up your bed in hell, I am there. 
So there's no escape for me as your God. I fill you up with ways for me to release myself through you to gain others back to me. For them to know that I'm always there, that is their true identity in me and I in them. That is our relationship. An even exchange. Everything I release unto you, you release back to me. I can only receive me back to me. I am the highest. So when you release the highest back to the highest, that's where satisfaction resides. God said it was a huge going back and forth when God appointed Joshua to be the next to lead. Because many thought that it would be somebody in the bloodline. They thought Ern should have been before Joshua. But that's not what God said. That's like Quenisha. If God said, my son is next in air, something happens to me, God forbid, somebody come along and say, no, it's going to be my child in the bloodline. I think it's best. And there goes a confrontation between our children and then that parent towards their child regarding my child. Going back and forth. Being in our feelings. Wanting to rule, wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard. Eliezer, excuse me, Eliezer, a great man. But next thing Ken was supposed to be Hosea. Not Eliezer. Because Aaron was not leading. He was dead. Moses did not say Eliezer will be next. He said Joshua. So after Joshua is his next and Ken Hosea. And if someone translated it to be great in a scroll or script to have Hosea 28 books down from where he originally supposed to be written. Who are we to say anything other than what God says concerning anybody? And I can feel from Hosea reading his, you know, his passages, he's not a man that tripped. I'm not going back and forth with you. Go ahead. It's all good. I know who I am. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eliezer. Go ahead. It's not that serious. That's what God had me to feel. The truth of the past, present, and future. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. So many translations. Who wrote Ecclesiastes? One translation. It's unknown. Another standard translation is Solomon. It's the rulers. One say it's the people of God. 
But whoever wrote Ecclesiastes 6, God is not okay with that person's personal opinion regarding God because they're talking about problems when it comes to God and not purpose. Not promises. There are no promises released in Ecclesiastes 6. It's problems. Whoever responsible for it felt like, shut up. You're not going to understand God. Get over it. Bad things happen to those who are good. Good things happen to those who are bad. Get over it. Just do your best while you're here. Pick up your faith. And keep it moving until your time's up. Somebody was very angry at God. Like a lot of times we as people be when we don't understand what's going on. Especially when somebody go home. How come God? You took them away. How come? Even when we going through, you know, a season of our life where we been stretched. We feeling uncomfortable because we trying to comprehend. On our level of comprehending and that God perspective of everything works out for your good. Your end is better than your beginning. That's how God talks. If you don't hear what his words back repeated to him, he's not, you know, moved by that. He's only moved by his words. Moved by his deeds. Hallelujah. Seriously. Show me the number one, one, on one accord. A lot of times in our heart, we say, how come? How come? Instead of just being in the presence of God, coming alongside with him, to be as he is. Then you'll be able to respond like God. And not responding with lip service, but it's not in your heart to feel how God feels concerned the thing. So during our process, what is our progress? When it comes to our testimonies, God said to me, Quenisha, don't ever testify before the finished work. Always testify after the finished work. Don't testify you believe me for healing. You testify thanking me that you are healed. When I say don't take communion unworthily, that means don't take it in a sense of living before the finished work. Know that when Christ died, you have to know that you know that you know like you eat natural food that you die. The same way we go to our nine to five, make sure we go through that traffic. We go through all of the things that we go through just to make it on that job to get that source of income. Going to the grocery store, going through all it takes, through every hour, standing in every long line, paying for the food. Because you know it's a necessity to have in your house, in my house. How much more of us are we available in investing in the things of God, how he have us to, without us being in the way. Everything must be because how God has it. Not do it and say, God, is this what you wanted? 
Because if we got a question, then that means that we don't see him in it. Because when God is glorified, you encountering it. I'm encountering it. Our father has feelings too. He's so loved. God said, you give, prove me. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You don't have enough room to receive. He never said, prove me when you give that I'll open up the windows of heaven and not pour you, but the neighbor beside you due to what you've done. He said, bless be our measure. He never said your labor going to cause not for you to be blessed, but your neighbor be on measure and not you. When we think that God is punishing us, angry at us for doing good deeds, that's not true. That's not true. And that's why many don't want to come and be on the Lord's side. Because they feel like they had enough fighting in the world. Fighting to belong. Fighting to make ends meet. Fighting to have a name. Fighting to feel important. Fighting to be important. Fighting to have income. Fighting to survive. And then you join the Lord's side. They talking about the, like the, it gets worse. No apostle. No teacher, no preacher, no evangelist have ever said that you're worse off with God. When Paul say, I'm in prison, suffering for the gospel, that's not a terrible sufferer. That's not a place of sorrow. That suffers from a place of gladness. If it was a sorrow, he wouldn't have done it. You take pleasure in standing up for what is right. Not even care about what happened when you do release what's right. I'm in prison for releasing good news. And I'm glad if that's what it takes to try to sit me down, which I would never sit down. I'm going all out for Christ. I can never cry. <laughs> I'm going through this because I chose Christ. I have never said choose me for a demotion. And that's what Christ means in that statement. I didn't tell you to leave your father, your house, your mother, and brother. Don't try to use me in the sense of why are you feeling sorrow. When I said your joy is in the morning, I am your morning. So when you out here doing anything in my name's sake, you see the glory. Do it because it's in your heart too. Don't do it because you feel like you have to. Because I search the hearts and see who really want to. Cheerfully. Generously. Who in it for themselves or who in it just because they love me. Because they know how much I first loved them. And before I get off of here. God said, get up. Yes, Father. Please. Read Ecclesiastes 6. The message translation, Quenisha. I'm venting to you for you to tell them that I'm venting to you about words that's spoken about me. And that's not who I am. That's not how I think. 
That's not how I demonstrate who I am. You ready to read? Yes. Ecclesiastes 6, message translation. It start out, things are bad. I look long and hard and what goes on around here? Let me tell you, things are bad and people feel it. There are people, for instance, on whom God showers everything, money, property, reputation, all they ever wanted or dreamed of. And then God doesn't let them enjoy it. Some strangers come along and has all the fun. It's more of what I'm calling smoke, a bad business. Say a couple have scores of children and live a long, long life, but never enjoy themselves. Even though they end up with a big funeral, I'll say that a stillborn baby gets the better deal. It gets its start in the mist and ends up in the dark, unnamed. It sees nothing and knows nothing, but it's better off far than anyone living. Even if someone lived a thousand years, let me double it, make it two years, but doesn't enjoy anything. What's the point? Doesn't everyone end up in the same place? We work to feed our appetites. Meanwhile, our souls go hungry. So what advantage has a sage over a fool or over some poor wretch who barely gets by? Just grab whatever you can while you can. Don't assume anything. Better might turn up by and by. All it amounts to anyway is smoke and spitting into the wind. What happens, happens. It's destiny. It's fixed. You can't argue with fate. The more words there are spoken, the more smoke there is in the air. And who is any better of? And who knows what's best for us as we live our, our meager smoke in any shadow lives? Shadow upon smoke, smoke and shadow lives. And who can tell any of us the next chapter of our lives? In a summary, paraphrasing, good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Deal with it. You may sow, 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 and somebody may reap your harvest. Deal with it. God bless people with property, great names, resources but have you to watch from afar that's like when we say the word favor is not a pick and choose word that's not what God does he doesn't pick and choose we are all favored I ask God personally, because he's my best friend. What is your favorite things? Like your favorite fruits, your favorite, you know, foods. And God say, I'm the creator of it all. I don't have no favorites of nothing I created. Because I put my all as a creator into everything that I create as a creation. The same I put in the orange, I put the same in the tree. The same I put in a tree, the same I put in the ocean. 
but just know that you are in my image, in my likeness. There's only trees of its kind, only animals of its kind. Mankind is mankind. You are the only creation that's in my image and likeness and my son. Nothing else is created in the image and the likeness of me but human kind, mankind, humanity. I love what I do and I do what I love because I am love. I would never leave any of you. In Ecclesiastes 6, been translated so many ways as if I pick and choose who I want to bless. I pick and choose who I want to favor. Everybody has been handpicked. When I say many are called, but a few are chosen, it doesn't mean that I picked up a selective few. It means that those are the ones who want me for who I am and I'm able to do through them. Everybody has a unique assignment because everybody is wonderfully and uniquely made. But I can only be where I am invited and I can only do well in my own habitation. So if there's no light in your eye, then your whole body is bad. If there's light in your eye, then your whole body is good. If there's a speck in your eye, your whole body is bad. A little leaven, a whole lump. No new wine and old wine scans. It is what it is. Now how I created every single one of you uniquely made according to your purpose, due to my will in and through your lives. That's what I expect to see. Nothing missing, nothing no broken I created in you. So don't release that onto me. You asked for my truth, you got it. You asked to be my spokesperson, there you go. You want to know what's on my heart, on my mind, you have it. When I give you things that are too great for your natural comprehending, that's when you are aware you are alongside with me due to my perspective regarding it and never yours. Because now you're able to understand how important it is to release the truth, no matter how old or traditional it may appear. Right is right and wrong is wrong. I have never left anyone. No, not one. It starts out in Ecclesiastes 6. Things are bad, but our God is good. I look long and hard at what goes on around here, looking at an earthly reality. 
looking at an earthly reality. And let me tell you the things that are bad. Releasing a problem on a problem is going to continue to be a problem. If you notice something is bad because you are the answer, which is good. To speak to that bad and that bad has to bow. That's why we are overcomers. We are carrying around the answer. We are carriers of the weight of God's glory. Do you know what it means for God to be glorified? We use these words all the time. Glorified, magnified, mercy, grace. What is it? A lot of times we just say it. What is worship? What is praise? I can only enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So what is thanksgiving? Because without that, I cannot enter in. So that means that my heart is opened. It's honest. To honor him. To thank him for who he is. That opens up realms in the kingdom for him to receive. Do to him releasing unto me that I receive his goodness, his virtues, him as a creator. And my praise, what is praise? Not from a place of hoping God would move, thinking that God, you know, will, but knowing that he already has. Not praising against something, but praising because I know something. That's entering to the courts. Come alongside with him. It's for us to get rid of us and embrace who we really are, which is found only in him, which is like him. So if God is love, then that's us as well. If God is peace, so are we. So why are we looking for peace? That's who we are. Peace be still. You be still. You are the peace of God. You go somewhere people encounter God's attributes of his virtuosity because we're curious of it. We're carrying him around. So where he goes, everything about him comes along. And that's his scripture. That's his word. Seek me first and everything else is added. We think everything else added is a car, a place, merch. Those things come too. But what he means is joy, peace, love, everything good come with me. You wouldn't know how to have a merge without peace. Even without the gifts of the spirit, without the miracles, without the prophecies, without the knowledge and the wisdom, the interpretation, the healing. Peace be still. You're not speaking of peace to remain still around you. No, you be still. As a courier of God's peace. Be still and know. It said God showers everything. There are people that God shower with everything. Money, property, reputation. All they ever wanted and dream of. And then God doesn't let them enjoy it. That's not what God says. Hallelujah. And then God doesn't let them enjoy it. Some strangers come along and has all the fun. Meaning those who are bad receive good things. Many more what I'm calling smoke a bad business. 
This is my time for now. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. God be glorified. Hallelujah.